evening, and welcome to the Daily Roto Podcast, Tony Sincata. It's good to be back on this Monday as we get you ready for a big day of baseball action, and I welcome to the show Steve Young, Stevie P, TFL, from rotogrinders.com. Stevie, what's going on? How's it going, Tony? It's going good, you know. It's uh, getting ready to go and take advantage of a big week in Daily Fantasy Baseball. Uh, dealing with some health issues at the house there, so I was off this weekend and uh, ready and raring to go back at it uh, this week. You know what's amazing is uh, today was a big day on a Sunday, and we uh, finally got through the snow in Colorado, but Clayton Kershaw couldn't survive uh, the warm weather in Colorado. And warm, I guess, by any stretch of the imagination, was 41 degrees. Yeah, he started the game off really good. Um, had some issues with some control a little bit and uh, gave him a few hits and turned into five runs and, you know, really bounced back from the next couple innings. But, you know, you give up five runs in one inning, it's, it's tough to bounce back completely. Uh, it absolutely is. And it's going to be interesting is uh, I paired him with over at DraftKings today, uh, Jake Odorizzi, who did not get the win, but pitched pretty, pretty well against Texas there. And Danny Salazar was able to light it up again today with 11 strikeouts. Yeah, I was on Salazar. I, I was on Richards a lot today, and he had a really fantastic game. Um, Odorizzi is a guy that I used quite a bit today because I thought he was going to get a lot of run support. And Wandy Rodriguez, you know, looked like Cy Young on the mound, but you know it's something to deal with. But for the most part, you know, you really didn't have to pay up for Kershaw or Felix Hernandez today because a lot of the cheap guys really perform well. And looking at the top of the leaderboards, it's really, really one of those things where just a lot of these min- middle salary guys really had good games today. And nobody was bigger than the Yankees. Michael Pineda, 16 strikeouts. What about that performance? That's oh, crazy. We know Baltimore has been striking out a lot against right-handed pitching this season. Uh, yeah, third most in the league. And, um, man, he he's probably going to bump that number up where they might be, like, even past Houston uh, looking at the stats for tomorrow. It'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. And on Monday night we have a shorter slate. Uh, but we do have some great pitching involved in those games. Uh, but the one thing is, the highest total of the night is going to be an 8.5 with a Toronto and Baltimore going at it. And, of course, Kansas City and Texas there. Now, how do you attack these small slates a little differently from the uh, bigger slates? I like these small slates. You know, breaking down all these games, and I, you know, I start my research going game by game and breaking them down, um, looking at just about everything that, you know, I can possibly look at. And um, the shorter slates make my job and a lot of our jobs a lot easier. So I, I really like these smaller slates. Um, like you mentioned, there's a lot of good pitching. So it's probably going to be one of those nights where it's probably going to be a higher scoring night just because that's how baseball season has been this season. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you look at what's gone in and right now. It's funny, when you look at DraftKings and you look at FanDuel and the two differences in the site, I think when you look at FanDuel, you're looking at a pitching-heavy site. Yet, when DraftKings, you know, it seems like if you get a pitcher that gives you a decent effort, you can compete. Uh, we have so many offensive points. Uh, you get 14 points for a home run. You get five points for a double. It just seems like you have a chance that you don't necessarily need the elite pitcher. And then also, you get two pitchers in there. How do you treat the sites differently between DraftKings and, of course, FanDuel? Yeah, 
Um, FanDuel, you really have to take into account for the win. Uh, you want that four-point bonus. It's just a lot. Uh, when you're thinking about their scoring and how it's set up, you really want to focus on guys you think have a really good chance to win and are going to strike out people because looking at it, you know, one strikeout equals one earned run. So, you know, getting the strikeouts, you can take a guy that might give up a couple earned runs. Uh, looking at DraftKings, on the other hand, yeah, you want guys that are going to strike people out, but you don't want a guy that's going to give up a lot of walks or a lot of hits because, you know, you get those negative points. So, you know, honestly, you, you really want to target guys that are going to get the strikeouts. And I, I like targeting both on both sides. I really like targeting guys that are going to pick up the wins. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The three points definitely come in less. Uh, I, I guess there's not a big of a difference for the three points uh, over at DraftKings, but if you look at it from a two-pitcher perspective, I guess the six points could definitely make a difference. Yeah, that and, you know, it's still it's still extra points. And if you got a guy that's pitching with a lead or pitching to win, or, you know, everybody's pitching to win, but, you know, if you have a guy that, for the most part, is going to win, he's likely going to get 20, 25, 30 fantasy points. So, you know, I want those type of guys, you know, looking at today what happened, Felix Hernandez with 24 and Kershaw with five. And then you look at guys with Salazar, 39, Odorizzi, 22, um, Richard, 33. You know, these guys, just the strikeout guys. Uh, you had pitchers that strike out guys at a high rate against teams that strike out at a high rate. And, you know, it really paid off today. You know, it's interesting. When you look at the field, it starts out with the Pittsburgh Pirates, Philadelphia Phillies, Garrett Cole, and Jerome Williams. Jerome Williams is getting by the last couple of games, but he has a huge line drive rate, a fly ball rate. He's pitching in Philadelphia, which is a great offensive ballpark. Uh, this looks like a layup for uh, the, some of the Pittsburgh Pirates hitters, uh, but somehow uh, Jerome Williams keeps escaping trouble. Yeah, you know, and one thing, he's escaping trouble, but he still has given up 46 hits in 33 innings this season. So he's definitely one of those guys that you can target. Uh, last start, didn't even get out of the fifth inning. Um, last two starts combined, he has nine innings, nine and a third, but only five strikeouts. So and not a guy that's going to really overpower anybody. And, you know, these Pittsburgh bats really are – cheap really across the industry, so you can really load up on some of these guys tomorrow. So you look at this tomorrow, of course, Neil Walker sat out today's game, uh, but he's been a guy that's been hitting in the middle of the batting order for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, He will definitely come into play. What do you think about the two guys uh, at the top of the order, which we get Stalin Marte, he's a strikeout, home run, uh, speed guy, and Blanco's another guy, too. Uh, how do you look at this, and what the heck do you do? Do you really go with Andrew McCutcheon because his price will never be lower? Yeah, McCutcheon, you know, looking at, like, on Fandle, he's 3800 so he's under that 4K mark that we usually see him at, you know, consistently. And if you look at it, he has hits in five straight games. So maybe turning – Getting it going, um, like you said, his price is going to be lower. Uh, not not going to see much of a better matchup than Jerome Williams, the guy that just doesn't strike people out. So McCutcheon, Polanco, Marte is a guy, and I'm always wrong on this guy. When I take him, he does nothing. When I don't take him, he hits home runs. So it, it's really tough to say. One thing that worries me is he left Saturday's game with some dizziness. He did play today, Sunday. Um, 
back in the lineup today, but, you know, that's one of those things that kind of worries me a little bit. Um, really, it's going to be Polanco, McCutcheon, Walker, and then Alvarez in some tournaments for me. Speaking of Steve Young, com. Of course, you can hear him over there, see him over there. You can touch it. I don't know if you can touch him over there. You can try to touch him. <laughs> I don't think it'll work. Here, hearing this live on the Fantasy Sports Network, fantasysportsnetwork.com. Uh, you can watch this podcast every Monday, 1.30 Eastern Time, fantasysportsnetwork.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week of fantasy sports coverage. And, of course, over at dailyroto.com. Of course, they had the big golf matchup this week, and we went to overtime in golf. It's sudden death or whatever they call it there. And then, of course, basketball. We had LeBron James make a key shot at the buzzer. Are you still playing any fantasy hoops, Stevie? Oh, I have not played. I have not touched it since we were out in California. Uh, that championship Saturday night, I took my third-place check, and I have not touched basketball since. So it's so funny. I was at a meeting with the program director of Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, and he was pushing us to do uh, daily fantasy basketball uh, for the first two rounds of the playoffs. And I said, you know what? I said, Drew and Mike don't really put out any content for it. We have a couple guys over at Dilly Roto that do. Uh, I don't play it. I don't think they play it. And he came to the realization where two weeks later he says, you know what, you were right. He goes, but I found out you guys don't do two sports at the same time. So why is that? I said, well, we do baseball and football at the same time. But Basketball, where it's the playoffs, uh, people just focus to baseball. You're in one gear. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like uh, the daily fantasy, because people put in so much work, that they only do one sport at a time? Oh, yeah, I can definitely see that. It's tough to play two sports at a time. The one thing that you mentioned about football and baseball at the same time, baseball you know, is the weekly grind, of course. It's every day, you know, seven days a week. But football, really, you can set up, you know, an hour a night to do quarterbacks one night, running backs one night, wide receivers one night, and you can use the whole week to get all the research done and, you know, spend four or five hours Saturday night knocking out lineups where you're not really affecting what you do for baseball every day. So I I think that's a sport – those two sports together are very easy to play. But basketball – you have to be paying attention to the news, and you have to be so uptight with that. It's hard to track the basketball news and then make sure your guys are in the lineup at baseball at the same time. It's one of the hardest things to do both of those sports at the same time. Yeah, it's absolutely insane, especially when you're talking about uh, hoops and in the regular season, but then, you know, it's a little clearer in the playoffs, but today we saw, like, Paul Gasol uh, not play, John Wall didn't play, and teams were able to uh, suffice that and get it done. You're listening to the Daily Roto Podcast, Tony Scott and Steve Young. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. They've got a pitcher going that loves fly balls. When you play Daily Fantasy, we love fly balls, as long as they're not from our pitchers. Stay tuned for more Daily Roto. Welcome back to the Daily Roto Podcast. Steve Young, RotoGardens.com, Tony Sicata, Daily Roto. We're talking about Monday's action in the world of Daily Fantasy Baseball. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, Mako Estrada taking the hill against Ubaldo Jimenez, who put together a couple good starts, then clunked again last time. Eight and a half, great offensive ballpark in Baltimore. Uh, this is the one where we could see some lively bats. Yeah, I, I really like Chris Davis tonight. When he gets... Back to home, uh, he turns it into a different kind of hitter, and um, he's just been mashing the ball 
at Camden Yards for the last couple seasons, and um, nobody better than Marcus Estrada or Marco Estrada to hit home runs off of. This guy with a 48% fly ball rate with a 13% home run to fly ball ratio dating back to last season. Um, this guy tends to give up a lot of home runs, and this is not the best matchup for him today. No, it, it, it absolutely is not. What about the Toronto hitters? We've been seeing uh, some production. Finally, Edwin Encarcion has got went deep this week weekend. Uh, Travis has been lighting it up, and Josh Donaldson, a far superior hitter against left-handed pitchers. Yeah, Donaldson's price is up a little bit right now. He got to face a couple lefties and had some good games, so his price is up really across the industry. I tend to lean to using him when his price is this high just against lefties, so I'll probably be off with him tomorrow. Um, looking at the Toronto bats, really, they're all of them are really priced high, but this is really a good matchup for them against Jimenez, a guy that really struggles with lefties. And, um, you know, not saying that he's a lefty, but Travis, like you said, this guy's just been fantastic as a leadoff spot. You know, um, really... This guy is a guy that I like targeting in cash games. And I'll be right back at it tomorrow with him in cash games at 3,400 on Fendel. And you have the Atlanta Braves, Cincinnati Reds going at Shelby Miller, Mike Leake. Shelby Miller's a guy I love coming into the season. He's lived up to the expectations. But going against a tough Cincinnati offense in a great offensive ballpark, the great American small park, Mike Leake, a guy, you know what you get in Mike Leake. Not a big strikeout guy, consistent effort. Three times in the season he's going to get blown to bits. Uh, you look at this, Leak is not a guy that I would love from a pitching standpoint, but Shelby Miller has been getting it done, but he goes up against a couple strong lefties. Uh, Joey Votto, uh, Jay Bruce has not lit up people's expectations, and he's saw a resurgence of Marlon Bird. Yeah, Bird out of nowhere, just over the last couple of weeks, has just been fantastic. They moved him up to the two spot. He's been hitting the ball well. Um, you know, just a guy that... <laughs> Really, it just came out of nowhere, to be honest with you, and uh, it's good for him that he's hitting the ball well. Really, I look at this game, and I'm going to be targeting some of these hitters, but the pitchers kind of worry me. Uh, like you said, this is a great ballpark for pitchers, I mean, for hitters. Um, really, I don't know. Like you said, Sheldon Miller, he came out, he had a complete game his last start, looked really well, really good in that game, but it was Philadelphia. Pitched against Cincinnati the game before that and looked good as well. Um Big difference here going on the road to Cincinnati. Uh, I think you can target Frazier. Mazzarocco's back in the lineup. He's a big home run upside guy. Uh, and then on the other side of things, Freddie Freeman, Przinski's been off to a career start. So, really, I think I'm going to be more on the hitter side of things in this game than I am on the pitcher's. Yeah, I definitely – I look at this one. You know, the Mazzarocco thing's interesting because – um, this weekend they had interleague play, and I've been told that he won't be able to catch the rest of the year. So I think there's a lot of people in flux as far as what's going to happen with Mesoraco. Yeah, I, I heard that as well. And, um, you know, it's really hard to say what they're going to do because um, you, you, they can't move Joey Votto off first base. You know, the guy is, you know, that's their superstar. So there's no reason for them to move him and get him all uncomfortable and not – have him in the lineup. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what the lineup looks like tomorrow. Um, really, you know, I, I kind of want to take the wait and see approach. And um, he is a guy with a ton of upside. He had two hits in the ball game. And it's just one of those things where 
he's in the lineup. He's definitely playable. But where are they going to put him if he's not able to catch? Yeah, that's one we'll have to wait and see on that. The New York Yankees, Tampa Rays go at it. CC Sabathia versus Alex Colomay. Now, New York's putting together a scrappy lineup. Uh, Colomay's pitched pretty well, be a low-priced option. Seven total here. A good pitcher's ballpark in Tampa. CC, you know, he's a guy that you like to get them strong right-handed bats against. But you look at it from the Rays' perspective, Longoria is a guy that hits lefties well, but no real, no one really else that jumps out at you. Yeah, Longoria is a guy you definitely can target anytime he faces a lefty. Uh, Logan Forsythe's been hitting the ball really well. So another guy you can target where today against the left-handed uh, pitcher, he batted fourth. So it was a huge bump up in the ballpark. Um, so, uh, you know, honestly, if he's batting fourth at 2,300, he's a fine option at second base tonight, uh, CC Sabathia. And then one other guy that kind of stands out to me in this lineup against lefties is Brandon Geyer because he's cheap across the industry as well, and he's been moving up in the leadoff spot for this team when they face the lefties. So I think those three guys you can definitely target against CC. But I, I, like you said, this is more of a pitcher's ballpark, so I don't think you want to go too heavy on these hitters in this game. Then you have Jeff Samaja, Willie Peralta uh, in Milwaukee. Great pitches, ballpark, in a league play. The Brewers' batting order has picked it up. Samaja, a guy that I thought could suffer in Chicago, but it's too early to tell. An eight total here. Uh, from the White Sox perspective, uh, you've seen guys that have underachieved from an offensive standpoint all year long, led by hitter Adam Eaton. Uh, LaRoche is a guy that's been struggling offensively as well. Uh, Jose Abreu, a guy that's the uh, complete package. And Avisel Garcia not getting off uh, to a big start. Uh, what do you like here against Willie Peralta? Yeah, I think you're going to agree with me. It's been really frustrating to watch these White Sox this season. Going into the season, I was really high on Adam LaRoche. You know, I thought that he yep. was going to be a good protection guy for Abreu. And, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's been so frustrating because he's had so many good matchups and just underperforms every time. So I don't know if you're the same way on Adam LaRoche, but I was really high on him going into the season. Absolutely. And I've actually crossed him off uh, going at him lately because you've had issues where he's actually had great matchups. And Jose Abreu's price has dropped enough that, you know what, if I'm going to go for one of the guys that I have to use at first base, I've gone Abreu each time, even though you could get, you know, 800 to $1,200 cheaper, depending on the site, LaRoche. Yeah, and looking at this matchup tomorrow, pretty much like you just said, Abreu, really cheap on some sites, like FanDuel, is only $900 more than LaRoche. So, you know, Willie Peralta is a guy you definitely can target with lefties with righties, it doesn't matter. Um, great hitters, ballpark. Really, if you want to go contrarian, I think you can go out on the roads because Willie Peralta has been notoriously worse against lefties. So I think if you want to go contrarian and you want to save some money at first base, which is not always recommended, but in this matchup, it's not a bad idea. When we come back, I'm going to tell you the guy that I like absolutely the best tomorrow. And he's in a game where he's not even the favorite. We're going to break that down. Need to take a quick break. Steve Young, Tony Sincata from DailyRoto.com. And Steve, of course, RotoGrinders.com. We're getting fired up. We're getting excited. The guy that I like best tomorrow coming up next.
Welcome back to the Daily Roto Podcast. Of course, you can hear us over at Podbean. You can hear us on iTunes. You can hear us on the FantasySportsNetwork.com, DailyRoto.com. Whatever you got to do, just find the podcast and love it. Embrace it. Tell your friends about it. Kiss it in the morning. Pretend it's like your, I don't know, your favorite plastic doll. Do you have any dolls? No, I have a couple bobbleheads. And just in the mail just today, Jake DeGrome Gnome from Gnome Night the other night that I ordered on eBay. You um, did. You I, got I it. I don't know if you know the story behind it or not, but Jake DeGrome is actually from the same area I am, so I'm going to be following him throughout his career. And his, Really? The catcher that he worked with when he was in high school was my catcher that I was playing travel ball with, so I've known Jake for a little while, so I'm really happy for him, honestly. Unbelievable. Jacob DeGrome goes against the Chicago Cubs and John Lester. Uh, the Chicago Cubs, number one team in Major League Baseball in strikeouts. There is no total on this game yet. Of course, you never get it the night before when it's the Chicago Cubs home game because of the wind. I'm liking Jacob DeGroom against this Cubs team. Now, you saw Chris Bryant in his first home run over the weekend. Jorge Soler's a guy that played in two out of the three days this weekend. A uh, guy that I like. I like Dex to follow. But that being said, uh, Jacob DeGroom could put up ten strikeouts in this one. He, he definitely can. The one thing that worries me about this game, a couple of sites that I've already looked at for tomorrow, have the wind blowing out pretty strong to center field. Uh, um, yeah. I've, I've seen I've seen 16 to 18 miles an hour. On a yeah. So if we see if wind blowing case, out, yeah, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, if, if that's the case, um, I think we can just shove aside these pitchers and get into some of these bats. I don't care who's on the mound. If it's ten, if it's eighteen miles an hour out to center field in Chicago, uh, you know, just give me all the bats. It's, it's one of those things where it, it's tough right now um, because we don't know, but we'll know more tomorrow. And you can follow Tony on Twitter. I'm sure he'll tweet out something about the weather. I'm sure. Yeah, you know what's interesting though, from the Mets offensive side, if there is that strong wind. The Mets are a primary left-handed lineup. I mean, you look at uh, Duda, uh, Grandison, uh, you look at Murphy, there's not a lot to love there from a right-handed offensive perspective for the Mets, guys that can get the ball out of the ballpark. Yeah, I think you can look at Kadir. He's a guy that's notoriously good against left-handed pitching. John John Mayberry is a guy that they've been batting uh, in the three – one to three hole. Yeah, that's um, right. If if he does bat leadoff in that three hole, you got to put him in your lineup if that wind's blowing out. Yeah, a guy that over his last 105 at bats against left-handed pitching, he has a 311 ISO, so a lot of power there. And if we get the wind blowing out, you know, it's definitely a guy that could be a real sneaky play tomorrow. Then you have Kansas City, Texas Rangers, Danny Duffy, Colby Lewis going at eight and a half total. In Kansas City. Now, this is a game where both these pitchers can let up the long ball. Colby Lewis gets stung by fly balls uh, here. Kansas City is so funny because it's a, it's a roster offensively, I guess, I lack respect for in most cases because I never have a ton of Royals in my lineup or one. I never have. And uh, yet, they're, they offensively, they put up numbers, an eight-and-a-half total here. And you look at against Colby Lewis, you know, you got the names Eric Hosmer. Of course, if Alex Gordon was healthy, he'd be there. Lorenzo Cain's a guy in there. And quietly, Kendrick Morales has put together a great season. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, the Royals are one of those teams that are just – they just never go away. 
Uh, we saw that in the playoffs a lot last season, and they're a fun team to watch play baseball from a fan's perspective. But fantasy, they can be a little frustrating. But I think one thing to take out of this game is Eric Hosmer has been one of the most consistent cash game first basemen all season long, and he just continues to get it done at the plate. So if you want a guy where you're going to pay up for that you know is going to put points on the board, Eric Hosmer is definitely that safe, high-floor guy at first base. He definitely is. You know what's going to be interesting, though, about this game is that from the Texas Rangers standpoint, and you look for a right-handed power bat against Danny Duffy, you look around and say, hey, where the hell are they all? The Texas Rangers used to put up big numbers offensively. Where did all the offense go? Um, You know, you can definitely look at Beltre, uh, a guy that just smashes left-handed pitching. And a a real interesting play, and really a guy that I only target against left-handed pitching, is Kyle Blanks. Um, He's a guy that has shown a lot of power against left-handed pitching. So a guy that I think that could get to Duffy is Blanks, is Beltre. Uh, If you need a cheap shortstop, if Elvis Andrus is, they move him up to the two spot sometimes against left-handed pitching. If he moves up to the two spot, I think he's in play as well. He's a guy that really does a good job of putting the ball in play, doesn't strike out a lot. So this would be a good matchup for him against Duffy. What about, I got to ask you, do you play any season long leagues? I do. Uh, I dabble in some season long leagues. Um, it's been it's been one of those seasons, but I have one out of like three that is doing okay, so not too bad. What would you do with Josh Hamilton? Would you put a waiver claim in for him? I think there's a lot of merit to picking up Josh Hamilton this season long. Uh, he should slide right into this team's you know offense every day, and Josh Hamilton is a big home run upside guy. So if he's available on the waiver wire, I just don't see why not. You know, he gets to go to a hitter's ballpark. So, why not? Washington at Arizona. Steven Strasburg, Josh Comenter. We saw Strasburg last time out uh, suffer. It looks like obvious pain. It looks like he has a, a hip, a hip, a rib that actually came out of place. He's got things wrong with him. Like, this, Arizona's a great offensive ballpark, and there's no way I'm going to touch this guy tomorrow. I yeah, might pay I for it. That. Yeah, honestly, he's a guy that can definitely burn you. But yeah. on the on the on the flip side of that, that kind of worried me, man. I watched that happen, and you seen his face, and he was in pain. And yeah. as a guy that has tore his rotator cuff twice and my UCL one, seeing that pain in a pitcher, just one of those things where, uh, no, I'll I'll pass. I'll I'll take the wait and see approach. If he goes out and strikes out ten people, so be it. I'm just I'm not going to get burned by it tomorrow. What was baffling to me is they let this kid stay out there and pitch, right? After they had a team that was in the playoffs took him out and wouldn't let him pitch, and they did everything to protect him. All of a sudden now, the guy was obviously in pain. Anyone on the TV set could tell, and yet they were letting him continue to pitch. I, I wanted I wanted to go through the TV. I was like, are you kidding me? You know, this is, <laughs> this is like one of your best players, and you're letting him – he's in obvious pain. You've seen that he was in pain. And it was the second time in that game that he was in pain, and he let him face like two or three more hitters and get out of the inning. But it was like, pull him out of the game, you know? You don't even risk something like that with a superstar. So uh, it was one of those things where I really questioned coaching sometimes, and that was definitely one of those times. 
Boston Red Sox, Oakland Athletics, Rick Porcello, Scott Kazmir. Now, Rick Porcello gets a better ballpark to pitch in Oakland for his style, which is pitching to contact, a fly ball pitcher. Scott Kazmir struggled a little bit last time out, but gets the Boston Red Sox. Uh, some of the bats that you'll be going is Haley Ramirez will be a guy, even though it's not a great ballpark, but against a lefty, he'll be a guy uh, that people will definitely be uh, putting on their roster tomorrow evening. Yeah, and, and for good reason. Hanley is one of those guys where anytime he faces a lefty, um, he's going to be in play. The Boston Red Sox right now um, are eighth in Team Woba against lefties. Eighth worse, I'm sorry. So this is a number that is definitely going to go up as the season goes along. they got a lot of right-handed bats in this lineup that can hit left-handed pitching. Uh, Pedroia, notoriously in his career, better against lefties. Napoli is a guy that can hit lefties well. Even a guy like Alan Craig, if you know, if he starts hitting the ball well, you know, all these guys can hit left-handed pitching. So I think that number is going to go up as the season goes. And this team is a team that really can handle left-handed pitching. So Scott Casimir, not a guy I want to touch tomorrow. I just honestly. Garrett Cole just has such a good matchup tomorrow. It's really hard to look at these other pitchers, to be honest with you. Garrett Cole, of course, Pittsburgh against Philadelphia in that one. And the last game, but not the least, Los Angeles Dodgers, Zach Greinke, a 220 favorite, the biggest favorite on the board oh, yeah. against, the Mi- against the Miami Marlins, Tommy Cola. Uh, the Los Angeles bats will be definitely a bats of people will be stacking tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, me and me and Stanton aren't friends right now. Um, I'm looking at my FanDuel team for today, and it has 53.5 with Stanton in the lineup, and he decided to take the day off today. So me and Stanton, not friends right now. Me and Zach Granke, friends tomorrow. Um, like you said, biggest favorite. Get the Miami team that tends to strike out a lot against right-handed pitching. Um, just really, honestly, you know, what we've talked about here with this slate, looking at Granky and looking at Cole, they, it's just those two guys are like way up here. And then the rest of these pitchers, especially if the wind's blowing out in Chicago, are like really far apart from these top two guys tomorrow. Uh, they absolutely are. So that's your contest on Monday. Stevie Young, RotoGrinders.com. Stevie, where can people check you out? What do you got going on? Oh, I have so much going on. Um, Stevie TPFL on Twitter. Um, Grinders live all the time. Write a ton of articles over at RotoGrinders and the incentives package. So I'm all over the place. That, that's the kind of way I like it. That's the way you like it. I'm I'm all fired up about it. We're all getting ready to go. We're talking daily fantasy baseball. What could be better than that? I guess in four months we talk fantasy football. We're all getting ready, and thank you for joining the podcast. Steve, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, thanks for having me anytime, Tony. I appreciate it. All right, guys, we're out of here. Hope you got all the information you need to start your day bright and early and absolutely get it done. Good luck on a Monday night in daily fantasy baseball. 